Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Olive Podcast. I'm Janine, Olive's Deputy Editor and Podcast Host, and each episode I'll be catching up with chefs, cookery writers and characters from the food scene in Britain and beyond. Join us each week to expand your food knowledge as our guests share 10 things we need to know about the specialist subject. And do listen out for our effortless bonus episodes where they also reveal their top cooking cheats, hacks and shortcuts. I'm delighted to welcome back Maria Bradford to the podcast today. Maria is a food writer, chef, business owner and author of a new book, Sweet Salon, Recipes from the Heart of Sierra Leone. Last October, Maria came on the podcast to share her brilliant stories and knowledge and I've asked her to come back once her book was published so we could take a deeper dive. Welcome, Maria, and thanks for coming back. Thank you for having me. I can see you've got the book in your hands now. How, yes. does, how does it feel to have it physically finally I don't think it's like sank in yet yeah I'm still processing yeah that like um so this is still in well it'll always be in pride or place but at the moment this goes with me everywhere yeah like I go to the supermarket and somebody says even the slightest thing about African <laughs> you pull food it out. like a player <laughs> here's a book yeah, that you can get everything for help yourself yeah so yeah it's um it's very much the main main focus of my yeah. life at the moment. Yeah. Um tell us a bit about the name Sweet Salon. What what does that refer to? So Sweet Salon is just this it's almost like a pet name that Sierra Leoneans have for Sierra Leone. It's um we say Sweet Salon because we just feel like there's nowhere as special mm. as Sierra Leone. It doesn't matter how far you go or how 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 much loaded you are, or probably even if you're second or third generation Sierra Leonean, it will always be Sweet Salon yeah. because it's just a place where it's just so 
loving and so welcoming and so warm and it's everything like so the only way that we could describe it is sweet yeah. so sweet salon literally just means Sierra Leone yeah and yeah. I think you said in the intro that that's what you kind of wanted to give with the book was yeah. that the, the kind of not just the recipes mm. of the country but the whole kind of atmosphere and Absolutely. the vibe and what you would feel when, and, yes. and actually there is I know one thing is you went on tour on tour you went you went um but, um, you went on a yeah, um, what would you call it it's a location shoot. Yeah, sorry. You went on location when you were writing the book with a photographer yes. um, to get those shots so yeah. people could really get a snapshot of what it's like. Absolutely. I really wanted people to have a feel for what it feels like when you land at Sierra Leone and when you kind of navigate your way through yeah. Sierra Leone and um, the hustle, the bustle, the loving, the <laughs> over... The over-friendly, the not-so-friendly, but <laughs> it just, I just wanted people to kind of walk people through Sierra Leone. Yeah. And, um, and there was no way that you could... My words, obviously, I don't feel like it was enough. Yeah. And, you know, it's good that Quaddle wanted to support that as well because I feel like the photos will really get give the words that are in the book weight yeah and um it'll really showcase the Sierra Leone that I wanted people to to see I wanted people to see everyday yeah. Sierra Leone yeah. because quite a lot of the time even as a tourist when you go to a place like Sierra Leone you probably spend more time with the one percent oh, okay. of the population yeah. but I feel like to really get to know Sierra Leone and to dig deeper into Sierra Leone and going through the cuisine and stuff like that you need to see the whole of Sierra Leone and mm. to see the whole of Sierra Leone is those everyday people who just going about their normal daily activities don't care about camera don't even care about the, the beach to yeah. be honest but you know <laughs> yeah. they just want to get on with things yeah. and I think that's what I wanted to showcase yeah. tell us a bit about about the cover because it's very special to you isn't it yes the cover is just um so it's Country clothes. So it's inspired by country clothes. So oh, okay. Country clothes is the fabric or the gamuts that Paramount chiefs. So these are like royalty in Sierra Leone, but the local chiefs because um, there are lots of different chiefdoms, yeah. and um, each of these chiefdoms have like a head or and these uh, powers basically that it's just like royal family. It gets passed down from one generation to the other. Mm -hmm. And these are the garments. So the garments that they wear, it's locally woven with local cotton and they use natural dye to dye it. And um, they have like wooden stuff where they make all the fabric and that. So it's all handmade, all hand dyed. Mm -hmm. And um, it's the, you know, we call it country cloth. Yeah. And it's the fabric that as Paramount Chiefs, important people, when people welcome, like when Queen Elizabeth, for example, went to Sierra Leone, it's a sort of presence that they would have given oh, her. Oh, really? She yeah, had the as a, yeah, yeah. As, as a present. So I really wanted to showcase that. Yeah. Um, and um, so that it's inspired by that and giving that textured look. So when you pick it up and you look at it, it looks very much, you know, as it's a little treasure yeah. given to you by a Cerulean. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah. And actually, inside our notes on the front cover, you've got the, is it the cola notes? Yeah, yeah, and you said that that's very precious to you as well. Oh, absolutely. This used to be the currency before, like, money was a currency, wow. cola notes was a currency. But now, 
it's such we use it in weddings as well. So we use it to welcome people. So we still use it as such an important symbol. Um, when when we went to like this was presented, we went to a Kabbalah, which is in the north, yeah. um, and we were presented these by the chiefs to welcome us into the village and to to just you know to just say feel free to welcome the chief welcomes you and stuff like wow. that. We were given colonels. Um, and most places that we were going, that was what was happening. But yeah. we also use it as wedding as well, because um, for wedding they use it for different symbol. Because um, colonauts has like a kind of like a bitter thing when oh, so you, you when you eat you it. You still eat it. You as still, well, yeah, it? yeah, you still eat it. Um, it's um, it's got lots of caffeine in it. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, it keeps you awake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But when you bite into colonos, it's got like a bitterness. But as mm. the bitterness it goes down, like it's a bit sweet sweetness oh, that comes nice. in. Yeah. So in marriages, it's used as a symbol for, you know, even when you have fights or when you have troubles in your yeah. marriage, always remember that there's sweetness that's going to come. Okay, you know, sweetness that. comes afterwards. Sweet, sweetness yeah. comes after it. So it's <laughs> when you both that. calm down. Yeah, when you both <laughs> calm down and you've stopped killing each other. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Did you say your yeah. your grandmother was involved? Yeah. In, yeah. So in fact, colonnades is what brought because my great grandmother was born in neighboring Guinea yeah. in Kanka. So they were traders. Her family, my great great grandparents, were trading colonnades. They were bringing colonnades from Guinea into Sierra Leone and selling it, and that's how they came to to Sierra Leone. Oh, okay. And um, colonnades still is like a massive thing for my grandmother. Yeah. So she still sells colonnades. And snuff, even though she's like, you know, 100 or something. <laughs> but she, she's not. She's like in her 90s. Nobody knows. She could be 200 for all I know. But she's but still working. She's still working. Wow. She's still working. She still sells colonnades. Um, she wouldn't, like I was asking about my mom recently about her saying she come into Freetown and she's like, no. It's like it's color season. So she needs to get all her color for the year. Wow. And there's a special way to wrap it, to preserve it yeah. and make sure it stays fresh. So she needs to be around to do all of so that. So she's committed. She's very committed to her color. <laughs> yeah. I ask her for a secret of how to wrap it. She laughs and she's like, as if I'm going to tell you. <laughs> You want to ask her the secret of how she's still, you know, doing all of this age 90 or 100 or whatever she is. What do you think her secret is? She's a strong woman. Strong, very strong. Yeah. Very, very strong. Like, she just put my mother to shame, seriously. Because um, she's Muslim. So when she's praying, she's still standing up and down, up and down and praying. Whilst my mother has to sit down and not get up. It's so embarrassing. Love it. Yeah. Um, also in the book, you say that your journey from Sierra Leone to the UK and all of the experiences in other kitchens. I know you worked in Italian kitchens and you've, you've had some kind of French train as well. Has all shaped you as a cook and a writer because mm. you say I am a migrant. After of course. All. Yeah. yeah, of course. Absolutely. Um, the, the, the thing is, when food becomes so important, mm. you almost become obsessed with it. When you move to a new place, and especially your cultural food, mm. because it makes a it's a thing that kind of connects you so much to everything. Because I think the first thing that for me anyway, the first thing that I missed when I left Sierra Leone was, oh my god, the food. Yeah, like all of a sudden. <laughs> I wasn't. I was never really worried about you know what's going to happen with food and that what am I going to eat because I knew that there was a constant. My constant was Cerulean food. All of a sudden, I find myself in a place mm. where my constant changes drastically. So not only 
it's everything new, new culture, new people, new everything. Um, you're a minority all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, you know, that you're, you're, <laughs> the fact that you're different kind of hit you in the face massively. Um, but also the food. You're like, wow, nothing's familiar. Everything that it's like the world is almost upside down. Yeah. Everything that was familiar becomes unfamiliar. Even though the unfamiliar stuff might be tasty, like I've never had strawberries before, for example, or berries and stuff. You know, those things are there. They're super, super, I'm curious about them and they're quite exciting. But the things that meant so much to me yeah. are like you know, the strangest things to me all of a sudden. And um, even though the, all of these other stuff are quite glorious and tasty and that. Yeah. But like they're the new stuff and you're having to navigate your way there. And so cooking um, the simplest peanut stew or peanut soup mm. becomes that thing that really connects you back to everything that you know. It's like if you're having a bad day, a, a sad day, a happy day, the connection to your family, yeah. you can't just pick up, I didn't have a mobile phone, you can't just pick up a mobile <laughs> phone and call them. You know, you feel like when you're eating that food, you know, it just connects mm. you back to, to home and it connects you back to your family. And for me, food was a massive deal to us, you know. My mother and my grandparent mother, big cooks. Like, yeah. they love to cook. There's a saying in my family, if there's a family function, if my mother is not in involved in it, a lot of people won't eat. The food really? is not going to be good because um, people know <laughs> that. she's got she's, the reputation. Yeah, she's got a reputation for being a great cook. Yeah. And... Um, my grandmother, too, is a great cook, and I'm surrounded by women um, in my family who are just amazing cooks, and they all come together and put together the biggest shows of food on, on a weekend, yeah. basically every weekend. So that food became my connection to all of that and all the things that I missed. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that, you know, in your cooking um, in the book and in your, you've got a company, Chuan Chuan, yeah. which is... Um, it's kind of dining experiences, catering, you offer drinks and hot sauces to buy. Um, a lot of that, you combine traditional Sierra Leone cooking with, with what you call Afrofusion. Afrofusion yeah. So is that is that a combination of, of your traditional dishes and the stuff you've learned along the way? And Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Afrofusion to me is a connect, it's a kind of taking ingredients that I've grown up with, that I'm familiar yeah. with, and techniques that I've learned in the UK yeah. um, through training, through um, experiences from eating out, through traveling and combining them mm. and using those techniques or combining those new ingredients with the African ingredients or Cerulean ingredients and creating something new with it. Yeah. That's what Afrofusion means to me anyway. And um, it's, um, it's also a process for me to be innovative and creative yeah. and create something new. Um, and it's exciting for me as a Cerulean and introducing it to Cerulean's who know those ingredients. Yeah. So they know cassava, but um, taking a cassava and making something completely new with it, it's new to them as well. Um, you know, it's quite so it's quite exciting. So it's not just for yeah. them also, but it's for people say that don't know anything about African ingredients. I just find it's an equal footing for yeah. both Sierra Leoneans and new people to yeah. come together and say, okay, this I didn't know this. Oh, I didn't know our food could do this. I didn't know what this food is. And coming together and learning something completely new about a, about a cuisine, basically. And do you find yeah. the, the reaction is quite positive from Sierra Leoneans? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And they're usually quite um, surprised. Like yeah. uh, the, um, I serve a plantain ham pie with feta recently. Oh, wow. 
um, which is in the book, and um, it was for Cerulean. And she was saying to me, I have never, like, how do you put plantain <laughs> and feta together? But it works but it so works, well yeah. because plantain is quite sweet yeah. and feta is quite salty. And when you think about that saltiness, mm. sweetness and the chocolate that you've put with it, it's insane, but it works so well. How come we haven't been doing this all every, all the time, you know? So it really works. And the excitement in their face, especially things also like sometimes I do like these little cups where I say grown soup. Grown soup in Sierra Leone is like kids play, basically. Is that when like a peanut, peanut soup? Oh, uh, no. So grown, oh. grown soup is basically like a mango salad, oh, basically. Okay. And um, I when you soup, sorry, yeah. that's, my, it, my that's what we call it. Yeah, oh, really? but for some okay. reason, it's not a soup like you know it. <laughs> it's like a mango kind of salad oh, okay, thing, but nice. we call it soup. Cool. I, I don't know. <laughs> you um, can call it anything. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it's when kids start learning to cook, it's the kind of thing that they'll put together. Yeah. Yeah, where there's no cooking involved. It's just like putting mango. We've got a lot of mango, so we can play with it. Our parents allow us to play with that. <laughs> Very lucky. <laughs> we have to pay like five quid for a mango. <laughs> Not allowed to play with it. <laughs> there's lots of it. So, yeah, it's just things that you put in together. And yeah. it's just a surprise look that Cyrillians who have grown around food like that, they know what it is. They yeah. know it's like a kid's play. They don't even consider it a meal. And all of a sudden, they're like a really nice table having canopy or in a nice event. And those are served to them in a canopy yeah. form. And they can get the flavors from it that reminds them that nostalgia, but it looks so oh, different. Yeah. So the excitement is always like, oh, my God, you know, you've done this. Like the fish unto in the book yeah. and the chicken into and stuff like that they know those food yeah but they're not used to seeing it in that form i love that and that's yeah. your you know that's your skill as a chef yeah is recognizing that and saying i can do that sense memory but i'm going to take this and twist it absolutely. and remind you of something but give it to you in a whole new way absolutely life is a highway and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches but there's only one crispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddleboards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! And you, your business, Shwen Shwen, tell us a bit about that. That's because um, we, we talked about it briefly in the last podcast, I think. Um, and it actually means, is it fancy? Fancy, and, yeah. yeah. But how did you, tell us how you came about the name, because it's quite a nice story. Yeah, so when I first started, I was like Maria Bradford Kitchen, because I just thought it's my name, it's my kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Maria Bradford Kitchen, simple. And um, I started posting under that name for a while. And then I started posting on Twitter 
when I started posting on Twitter is when I think a lot of Cerulean's got wind of what I was doing and they will <laughs> repost it back. But every time they repost it, they hashtag it, shren shren, this not shren shren, it's literally meaning this is a fancy food. <laughs> yeah. And that, that was going on for a while. And so when we came, <clears> when <throat> I came to rebrand, I was kind of looking at updating my website yeah. and doing stuff. And um, they asked, um, do you want to change the name? And I was like, I was thinking about all sorts of things to really represent yeah. Sierra Leone. And I thought, to be honest, there's a lot of hashtag. If you click um, Shren or if you type hashtag Shren it just brings my food. So maybe I should just go for that they name. They did the job for you. Exactly. Yeah, I love so it. <laughs> that's how they see what I'm doing. So I'm yeah. just going to call it Shren So that's what I go for. But it's a Creole slang meaning fancy. Yeah. Yeah. And then your intention with the company is to bring your cooking out into the... Absolutely. You know. So the intention of Shren Shren is just introducing Cerulean cuisine to yeah. people, like traditional Cerulean food, as well as the Afrofusion parts, because I think it's very important to be able to take an ingredient that is very traditional and make something new out of it. So you're not trying to change traditional core recipes, yeah. but using those ingredients that are readily available in the UK, yeah. combining it with seasonal re- ingredients in the UK and just bringing it together because uh, I, I just feel like my, my life is very Afrofusion anyway. Yeah, so. yeah of course. <laughs> yeah, so why not make my food yeah. Afrofusion as well? And um, I live in Kent. We have beautiful produce. Um, so it's a very easy um Roots, I, I think, and I've, it's a very exciting route for me because um, it just, you know, I see beetroots or I see um, like if there's tomato season or beetroot yeah. season or strawberry season, I'm thinking, what traditional ingredients can I combine with this to mm. make it really work, to make it pop? And for me, that process of thinking about it and writing about it and coming up with something, it's so much fun. Yeah. And um, it gets me to try lots of different things, fail sometimes, but then <laughs> but in you're the process trying, by yeah. trying and then bringing something. And when it works and you know that it's really worked, it's so exciting because um, you have in both worlds, really. Yeah. And one of the my best ever creation with that Afrofusion stuff I usually say it's my passionately besap because yeah I've, I is that your drink yeah yeah because I I had the spicy besap yeah which spice is the besap, yeah hibiscus and ginger and ginger yeah yeah so good and then you have the hibiscus and strawberries yeah it's yeah. beautiful and that for me is just the perfect explanation of what Afrofusion is and it is. goes together so well so well yeah. yeah it's like the strawberry and the hibiscus they complement each other perfectly and you create this vibrant beautiful colour mm. of a drink that tastes amazing and it works with Prosecco yeah. it works with gin it literally <laughs> it's just like I love the fact it works with booze <laughs> my kind of working. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. um, let's talk about some of the um, staples of Sierra Leone cooking, the ingredients. Because yeah. um, some of them, like lemongrass or chili, might be familiar, whereas others like moringa or hibiscus, as we just said, might mm. not be. Mm. Moringa, moringa is so popular in Sierra Leone. Yeah. We use it as tea. Okay. And even lemongrass, we use... So we, we sometimes don't necessarily put 
lemongrass in our food. Like we put we put it in soups and stuff. Yeah. But lemongrass we use it more as tea. Oh, like okay. lemongrass tea is very popular, especially raining season. Yeah. Where people drink a lot more warm drinks. Yeah. You just cut it. It's like my mom's got a massive lemongrass bush growing, wow. and you just cut it. You put it in a pot. You boil it, yeah. and the smell in it's the morning oh, is absolutely ridiculously gorgeous. But um, moringa also. My mom's got big moringa bush yeah. in her yard, in her backyard, which she grows. And sometimes she dries it and send it for me. But in Sierra Leone, they use it for tea. So we boil it and we drink it as tea as well, mm. which is a really healthy tea. I was going to say it's got health. A, a lot of health benefits, it? Lots, yeah. lots and lots of health properties. And she drinks it more because like, she's got high blood pressure. She says it regulates her yeah. blood pressure. And that, so she drinks that. Um, morning, afternoon, evening, she drinks moringa. <laughs> but also sometimes people cook fresh moringa leaves as sauce. Yeah. They make sauces with it as well. Um, we don't necessarily have like a dessert culture in Sierra Leone. So you can see I've used it quite a lot in desserts um, form in the book yeah. because um, I feel like it's a Sierra Leonean ingredient. It's an ingredient that we know very well. It's got a lot of health properties. Make desserts with it. Um, ice cream, sorbets and... Um, um, granitas and stuff. Yeah. It works. It's this bright, brilliant green color, which works. It's a little bit like matcha, but it's yeah. a little bit it's different as wow. well. And it just works beautifully. I'm, um, I'm laughing because I remember you saying in the last podcast that you don't do desserts, you do dancing and drinking yes, instead. Yes, we do. Yes, yeah. That's how you achieve those abs that you see yeah. in this book. <laughs> so, the dancing and the, yeah. yeah, I love it. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, and then hibiscus is, um, again, it's a Flour? Yeah, right? so, yeah, so there's hibiscus flour, but we use the petals. So the petals we use, so there's two different ones that we mm. use in Sierra Leone. We have the red ones, which we usually use those for savory dishes. Mm. But I've used it in savory dish. Um, we use it in drinks, sorry, the, yeah. the red ones. But I've used it in savory dishes in the book because I really wanted, again, it's another one of those ingredients where it's got a tart flavor. Yeah, that's really tart. Tart kind of flavor. Slightly sour. Yeah. But yeah, it's lovely. And um, it kind of reminds me more of things like rhubarb. Yeah. Um, things like cranberry. So I've kind of used it in that way to create um, dishes, um, savory dishes um, with it. It works really well as sweets as well. And I've used it like in the pancake um, mm. recipes where I've made butter with it. Like I've done like a um, hibiscus butter that mm, goes okay. with a yam pancake, oh, yeah. which is really nice because you get a slight tanginess that comes with it with a really um, tat, um, rich butter yeah. sauce and stuff for the pancake. So it's 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 really good. It's again, you know, not necessarily known to be used for yeah. drinks for for savory dishes or to be used in food like that. But I've used it like that. The white hibiscus we use in savory dishes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's the pe white petals we use in savory dishes, and that is used in traditional dishes like the egusi soup. Because um, with our Saturday food, which is the fufu and stuff, we like to serve our fufu, which is like the dough, cassava, fermented right. cassava dough yeah. balls. We like to serve it with something like Scots, like a slight tart flavor to it. Okay. So that goes into our melon soup, which is egusi, um, and it goes into that one. Um, so what soup. is Saturday food? Oh, yeah, we have food by days. <laughs> Because <laughs> that Saturday food involves so much time. Oh, so that's work. Yeah, yeah okay. it involves time. And um, it's like, it's one of those food where you eat it, you, you need to sleep. 
So best eating on a Saturday is fufu. It's quite heavy. Oh, so you need to sleep after. Uh, yeah, you need to chill. <laughs> so not, probably not sleep, but you just need to chill because it's quite heavy. Like Christmas Day. Like Christmas Day. It is. It, it literally is like Christmas food. Yeah, love it. But it's like, it's like mm. that. So um, our usually our fufu soups and that, yeah. like, that we, we, it's a Saturday, Saturday food because, again, it's that when everyone is coming together to yeah. cook that, it's like... We find any way to celebrate food. Anyway, yeah. any opportunity mm-hmm. to celebrate food, we do it. So Saturday food is like everyone coming together. Mm-hmm. You have visitors. That's where your uncles and aunties <laughs> will come and visit. And as they leave, it's very cultural. They give you a little lunch money. Here's your lunch and that. So you're excited that they're coming oh, around. Oh, cute. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> you get something out of it. You get something out of it. Your parents feed them and then they give you money as they leave. Okay. We've included three lovely recipes from the book in the new August issue of Olive, which will be on sale just after this podcast goes out. Um, one of the recipes you mentioned already, which is fish hunter, which is a you said it's street traditional food. street food. Yeah. Tell us a bit about it, like how it's how it's made. So Untu is a it's it's a Fulani um, street food, like the Fuller people um, are known to make it. It's um steamed fish fish bowl. It's called oh, nice. ginger, garlic, um, and then we kind of bind it together with cornmeal, mm. um, which we add, which gives it a bit of um, dense, dense, not, it's a, I don't know, not dense. Just gives but it a bit of it gives st- it a bit of hold structure, structure, yeah. structure exactly. Yeah. That's the word. It gives it a bit of structure, and then it's got like toasted. It's got the sesame seed and lots of spices mm. on the outer toasted sesame seed out of it, out out of it, which is quite. It's quite yum, and it's usually sold in little plastic bags. So they put it, oh, really? they keep it warm. So yeah. they steam it, and then put it in like a calabash, the wooden bowl that I've just yeah. I showed you earlier on. But in that calabash, it's usually got like plastic. So they put it first in the plastic, and then wrap it with like blankets and a lot of stuff to keep it all warm. Oh. And then they sell it out. They sell it out on the street. Yeah. And then so if you want it, they just like take couple, and then they usually put like Kenya pepper on top of it. Yeah, and it's just for extra heat. So you're just walking and snacking yeah, on those. Yeah, you're just walking and snacking on those and they keep it warm. And um, is street food a big, a big deal in Sierra Leone? Street food is a big deal. A lot of people just, um, you know, ask they out and about the day. Yeah. You know, that's where they eat lunch and, um, and and all of that. But yeah, street food, that's how I, that's how I go into all my troubles. <laughs> yeah. That's seriously, that's how I go into... I, I was never known to be badly behaved. The only time I get into trouble was spending because you get lunch money yeah and then you get your transport yeah because you have to get a taxi home okay so i would eat my lunch money and then i will walk and this is a very long distance yeah i will walk and then spend my lunch money on street food yeah because i just love the buzz of snacking as i walk yeah, so you're walking just and snacking, walking walking and, snacking. As <laughs> and then your mum gives yes. you hell when you get home absolutely because you get an home hour late so much later <laughs> and then you're walking because it's dusty you get from your head to toe it's all dusty and also you're walking it's it's a it's a tricky one because as a child yeah. you're told not to eat street food Walking oh, okay. around and eating, it's rude. Yeah, I think we're told that as well. Like yeah. Eating on the street, on the street it's not, not good. It's not good. So you're told off for that. But what about all the lovely food on exactly. the street? Exactly. So <laughs> I would rather get into trouble for that. So I literally would get into trouble all the time yeah. for that. So it came to a point where they're like, if you don't get home at this time, you're going to be in bigger trouble. But sometimes I just take it. Yeah. I just know it's worth it. 
seriously because there was a woman also there's donuts recipe there's a woman like not too far yeah. from my school and she used to sell hot donuts hot donuts sorry walk. who's gonna who's gonna get <sighs> past that I, I just think yeah it's worth even if I get canned it's worth it another <laughs> another recipe we're going to feature that I've, I have to mention is um your pepe chicken oh yes. um which just looks incredible and that's got a particular spice blend hasn't it because I actually yeah went online to get the um, Grains of Paradise, I think yes. it is, to make that. Tell us about that and how, where that comes from. Yeah, so the there's, um, th- those spices there, they act almost like black pepper yeah. in um, in African cooking. Um, oh, okay. So we don't necessarily, I think we use more white pepper. And yeah. then if we want to use like black pepper You'd kind of influence, we use those um, spices. So that spice blend is my own special kind of spice blend. Oh, so that's your spice, yeah. your sort of West African yeah. spice blend. So I've taken different elements of West yeah. African spices and then put it together to create like a, almost like a black pepper base that I know will lift that dish up quite a lot. But yeah. we use white pepper a lot and then we use some of those spices um, so I think there's to, grains of paradise yeah. and Cuba pepper and Cuba pepper alligator, um, alligator pepper, pepper yeah and then there is um, allspice yeah allspice yes, which is lovely yeah which is so lovely warm and, and warm of, yeah. so these are all like really warming spices mm-hmm. and they've been blended together and that added to that lemongrass the ginger yeah. and that just kind of bring it all together and then is pepe um, pepe is a thing as well because it's pepe soup is that yeah right? so I think pepe, pepe means, not I think, pepe means like chili. Oh, okay. So yeah. like if something is spice, yeah. spicy and it's got chili mm. and it's usually meant to be a bit more spicy, yeah. um, which is why we call it pepe, okay. pepe chicken, like spicy chicken, basically. That's what I mean. And you said that's a good yeah. hangover cue oh, as well. very much so. <laughs> I totally agree. I have very to talk, so. talk to you about chili because I tried your chili sauce <laughs> as well. And I was saying to Maria, she's got a... <gasps> It's called chili sauce, and then she's got a very a hot chili sauce, and the chili, the regular chili <laughs> sauce is hot. And I love chili yeah. sauce. I mean, I am a, I'm, I've got about ten bottles of chili sauce wow. at home, but yours knocked my sauce <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> Well, my my mother would be yeah. very happy about that, and my grandmother because those are actually their recipes. Like, are they? Yeah. yeah. So when we cook at home, we usually make like a chili sauce um, that goes with everything. Yeah. So that pepper chicken will have like that chili sauce on, on the, the side. side, or when you do jello fries, and especially yeah. when you do those stews, you put that on the side because everyone we also kind of know that dif- different people have different heat tolerance so we'll have like chili sauce on the side so in fact my chili sauce is started like that just giving like a condiment on the table um, and I thought, well, why don't you bottle it? Because it usually runs out <laughs> on the table anyway. So we started. I started bottling, bottling that. But yeah, so one is called Salon Fire, yeah, which is against Sierra Leone. <laughs> and then the other one is Salon Spark, which I didn't think was that hot. Because um, do you know when I started with Salon Fire, Salon Spark? Yeah, I used to do markets and that. And um, my my husband was like, um, you know, I don't think. Like the fire is too hot for European palates. Maybe just do like a milder. Yeah, so that's the milder one. That's the milder one. But then guess what? What? You get more people of non Cerulean heritage that buy the fire than really? the yeah. Cerulean's tend to go to the normal oh, one. Okay. Which I'm just like, come on, what's maybe, happening? I think maybe they're just down. showing I think they're showing off. <laughs> I think they're showing off. Um, yeah. If you were, if you're going to start with one recipe from the book, if you're going to recommend one recipe for people to try, what what would it be? Ooh, I will say 
Definitely starts in the if you're somebody that's <clears throat> never had Serilinian food yeah. before, or you you're not familiar with African food in mm. general. I would say start in those like the street food section, yeah. like that pepper chicken, for yeah, example. Yeah, they're quite nice approachable. It's a very yeah. very good introduction, yeah. and um, you can find all the ingredients quite simple. Yeah. Simple. You just need to go on Amazon, or pop into the African shop. Yeah, Amazon's quite easy. You just go into Amazon, you type those ingredients, they come up very they quickly. Up, yeah, um, and you can just um, make make that. That's so that's a nice intro if you want to go a little bit further where you want to go into like an African shop mm. and pick up plantain you can do like the moko which is oh, like yeah. the green plantain fritter Lovely. and um, in fact these days you don't have to go too far Sainsbury's is doing green plantain these days my local Tesco's yeah, in, Tesco in, in Kent yeah. is doing green plantain so you can literally pick up all the ingredients to make that Fantastic. at your local supermarket yeah. so those are like you know the street food section they're the kind of intro into really, and that is there because if you're just visiting Sierra Leone for the first time, and you're, and David will prove this. Although sometimes I had to tell him to stop it because he's a photographer. Um, he's yeah, a photographer. Like he was just wanting to try, try everything. Everything. Yeah. everything. <laughs> so that would be like a really good intro yeah. into Sierra Leonean food, like starting right. with the street food. And then if you want to get super adventurous, you can dig into the um, traditional stuff. The Afrofusion stuff, again, it's still quite mixed with ingredients that are very, very much European and um, with uh, core traditional Mm. um, ingredients and that. But if you want to go like, deeper you want to go you want to eat like a Sierra Leone yeah. and then Bioman's, yeah, <laughs> dig into drink the, like a Sierra Leone yeah, dance, dance like, like a Sierra Leone <laughs> in fact to be honest I feel like if you can cook cassava leaf your dancing skills would improve instantly wow. if you can't dance yeah. that's a promise <laughs> I love that and what have you got coming up Maria have you got supper clubs coming up in the future, like, do you think it's something that you might do more it's, of? It's something that I think I would do more of and maybe try and do more residencies. Yeah, I think um, that's... Yeah, I think that's, that would be my next step because I, was, I still kind of do the... Like, I've got private events yeah, in August. Yeah, of course, because that's that, your in, um, business. Yeah, in Kent. But in London, what I want to do is do more residencies. I so, would love that. Yeah, so if there's any restaurants out there that wants a chef to yeah. come and showcase some Serilinian food, I'm available. <laughs> yes, she is. Yeah. Um, so if people want to buy it, it's the book's called Sweet Salon, Sweet Salon. Recipes from the Heart of Sierra Leone. Yeah. And um, and where's the best place for people to keep in touch with what you're doing? My Instagram. Yeah. I'm very active on it. Um, that'll give you all the background photos that we were taking and tell you a lot more about the people that are in the book. Yeah. Um, my website. At, what's the Instagram Oh, that's um, at Shren Shren by Maria. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And then my website as well. Yeah. I update those quite often. And the food page there, the book page and my website. I yeah. think my website is brilliant. So is your website means, yeah. is Shwen Shwen. Shwen Shwen dot com. Yeah, which is S-H-W-E-N. Yeah. S-H-W-E-N dot com. Brilliant. Um, Twitter, quite active on Twitter as well, mm-hmm. um, which is Shwen Shwen by M. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are loads of places, brilliant. Loads of places. Yeah. So I'm on Facebook as well. Yeah, so you can <laughs> old find school. Ed, like, yeah, everywhere you can have me on Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram. Yeah. I, I'm not on tweets. I'm not on TikTok yet. All platforms, yeah. but just watch this space. Yes, watch this space. Oh dear, brilliant. I need to get my head around that first. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for coming to talk to us today, Maria. Thank it's you been for an absolute having pleasure. me. Thank you for having me. It's always so great to come here. Seriously. Okay. I feel like I could do this all the time. (laughs) (laughs) You make it so easy.
<laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Olive Podcast. For recipes and more information, head to olivemagazine.com. Do remember to listen out for our effortless bonus episodes where our guests reveal their best cooking cheats, hacks and shortcuts. And don't forget to subscribe at iTunes, Acast, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.